0: It's January 28th, we're down here again Sunday on the legislature, or legislature lawns here in Victoria. This is the Solidarity Rally and March for Gaza and Palestine generally that have been going on since October. Uh, Today is special, there's labor groups coming out. People in Canada are outraged as they are in other countries where their governments... Responded to the International Court of Justice ruling against Israel uh, by attacking UNRWA, the United Nations Relief Organization that's been doing work in Palestine, in Gaza especially, for many decades now. This is a, a clear ploy by Israel and its allies. Outrageous that the aid would be cut at this time of most dire need. Expecting a large turnout today, we'll hear... The speakers and what they're going to speak about presently. Oh.
1: Cease fire now. 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 Cease fire now! Cease fire!
2: today, let us take a moment to acknowledge the Wasaykum land on which we stand, also known as the Place of Mud. The territories of the Songhees and Esquimalt nations of the Laquanin-speaking peoples. We respect and give thanks to the Songhees and Esquimalt peoples for allowing us to gather here today in support of the Palestinians as they struggle for their right to self-defense determine on their indigenous lands. As we oppose settler colonialism in Palestine, it is necessary to fulfill our responsibilities to decolonization on these lands. Because we must understand that liberation is incomplete without the total freedom of indigenous peoples from here on Turtle Island all the way to Palestine.
1: I would like to send out my love and thanks to all of you here. I would like to thank everyone standing in front of me today It breaks my heart to realize that we have been standing here for the 15th week calling for a ceasefire, yet in return, my heart is filled with pride to see my community out here week after week, standing strong and resilient in the face of oppression. Your continued presence is commendable. May our voices extend beyond the borders of these lands and reach our friends in Gaza. So please give yourselves a big warm round of applause. Next, I would like to recognize the team of amazing volunteers who work tirelessly week after week, standing united for justice and peace in Palestine to put these actions into motion. And a sincere thanks to our dedicated friends at the Red Cedar Cafe for consistently showing up and generously providing us with hot drinks every single week. I'd also like to thank our new friends The Broadview United Church for bringing cookies and muffins to share this rally. This week we have a doctor on deck and a first aid attendant, offering first aid support if needed. You can access both services at the table on the right hand side. Let's show our appreciation with a round of applause for all these volunteers and supporters.
2: Today, as we witness pivotal moments in our fight for justice, the International Court of Justice just ordered Israel to prevent genocide in Gaza. But let's be real, it falls short of an immediate ceasefire, something South Africa pushed hard for. As Foreign Minister Pandor rightly asked, how do you provide aid, water, and water without a ceasefire? You can't just hit pause on a genocide. This decision is progress, but it is not the end game. It's a call for all of us to step up, to pressure our governments loud and clear, demand a ceasefire now. The suffering of the Palestinian people's needs to stop, and our voices are key to making that happen. Yet, as we stand here on the 113th day of relentless bombarding in Gaza, we see the harrowing state. It is nothing short of a crime against humanity. Hospitals in Gaza, unable to function fully, are forced to operate without essential anesthetics. The genocide is worsened by the severe restriction on aid, an extension of the siege which which was in place for almost 20 years. We watched a heart-wrenching scene unfold as occupiers stood in front of aid trucks with flags and music. And even if those aid trucks were permitted, basic medical devices such as insulin, pen, insulin pens remain prohibited. The Gazans are living in makeshift tents now, tragically flooded by the unforgiving winter rain. We must not and will not let this dire fate define the destiny of Gaza.
1: Which is why we are still here and we will continue to demand a permanent and complete ceasefire, the opening of unlimited humanitarian corridors, a complete end to the genocide in Gaza. We also demand the international community holds Israel accountable for its recurring war crimes. We demand that Canada pulls its ambassador from Israel. We demand a weapons embargo on the terrorist state. And we demand the banning of all Israeli imports that originate from illegally occupied territories. We are asking for a permanent ceasefire because it is the bare minimum. Our demands extend far beyond that. We are calling for immediate action to halt the atrocities ongoing for 75 years now and to hold those responsible accountable. Free, free Palestine. Palestine. Free, free free Palestine. free, free Palestine. Free, free, free Palestine. Free, free, free Palestine. Free, free, free Palestine. We are now honored to welcome our generous speakers to share with us their perspectives on this genocide. Please give a round of applause for our first speaker, Zahia from Palestine.
3: Hi everyone. As I stand here to talk about Palestine today, I would like to first acknowledge the territory of the Lekwungen, Songhees, Esquimalt, and and Wasanich people whose land I work, live, and learn on. I acknowledge that we are guests on these lands. Secondly, I would like to thank every single person here including the beautiful familiar faces that I have seen every week as we stand to fight for liberation. Today is day 113 of the genocide in Gaza and over 75 years of the ongoing systemic Zionist settler colonialism project. I stand here today as a Palestinian woman and a mother. I have two beautiful children who I can't imagine my world without. It breaks me that in Gaza, a Palestinian child is killed every 15 minutes. Children are losing their innocent lives in the wake of relentless bombardment, injuries and starvation but also succumbing to fear-induced heart attacks. Every 15 minutes, a parent loses their whole world, their entire universe, their breath, their soul, their everything. Every 15 minutes, a parent's world turns upside down, and not because of sickness or a natural disaster, but because of the deliberate and systemic destruction inflicted upon a population of over two million people directly caused by humans. We need to remember that these children aren't numbers. They have names, personalities, hobbies, and they were someone's entire universe. Here, or this is a sixth of only some of the eleven thousand five hundred children killed in Gaza so far by age group. Two hundred and fifty-eight infants who did not get a chance to reach their first birthday. Two hundred and forty-one one-year-olds who did not get the chance to take their first steps. 247 two year olds who did not get the chance to voice their first words. 271 three year olds who did not get the chance to experience their thunderous threes. 238 four year olds who were deprived of the joys of preschool. 297 five year olds who did not make it to kindergarten. Two hundred and fifty-four six-year-olds who did not get the chance to negotiate eating ice cream before dinner. Two hundred and twenty-five seven-year-olds who broke their young friendships. Two hundred and twelve eight-year-olds who did not get the chance to score their first soccer goal. Two hundred and thirty-six nine-year-olds whose ages, ages didn't reach double digits. Two hundred and eleven 10-year-olds whose lives ended before adolescence. Keep in mind, these are a small portion of children whose names were identified. Many are still missing under the rubble, while the others, their little bodies, were rendered unidentifiable. My child always asks me what my biggest fear is, and I say insects. Yet as a mother, my true unspoken fear is the idea of leaving this world and my children behind, forcing them to navigate the challenging journey of growing up without my presence. (laughs) The love and protective instincts I feel for my children are universal emotions shared by parents across the globe. If I leave the world, who will love my children as much as I do? Who will they run to with their worries and joys? who will hold them tight and comfort them when they're sick. The mere thought of these uncertainties weighs heavily on my heart. In Gaza, two Palestinian mothers are murdered every hour. It has been reported that 25,000 children have lost at least one parent. The acronym... WCNSF, Wounded Child, No Surviving Family, is unique to Gaza, and was coined by aid workers and medical personnel. This acronym illustrates the reality of thousands of children in the Gaza Strip. These young souls, already severely injured and maimed by the effects of genocide, face an additional layer of loneliness and vulnerability without surviving family members to care for them. British doctor Ghassan Abu Sitta said, and I quote, there is no lonelier place in this universe than around the bed of a wounded child who has no more family to look after them. I'm going to share a story of Ahmed Shabbat, a four-year-old in Gaza. Mind you, this is one child out of thousands. Ahmed's parents were both killed in Beit Hanun, the northeastern corner of Gaza Strip. Ahmed's uncle took Ahmed and his two-year-old brother, the only two survivors, to his home in Serat refugee camp, only for it to be hit by another airstrike. Both of Ahmed's legs were severely injured, and both legs were amputated above his knees. Ahmed was given a toy car that he tossed his uncle Ibrahim Abu Amsha said, and I quote, he asked me a number of times. He wants to get out of bed and walk. He asked me more than once, and I have told him that we should wait until his legs feel better, or after we take medicine. To add to all of this already catastrophic, dystopian reality, in the past couple of days, 10 countries, including Canada, stopped aid to UNORWA, an organization that provides food and primary health care. UNORWA is the primary humanitarian agency in Gaza, and over two million people are depending on it for their sheer survival. Many children are starving and the clock is ticking towards famine. It is vile and despicable to sanction an agency and an entire populace of over 2 million people because of allegations against a handful of individuals, especially at a time of war, displacement, and political crisis in Gaza. Shame. It is a shame. Children deserve to be safe, protected from the ravages of genocide, and surrounded by love and care. May the world unite. In its efforts to create a safer, more compassionate environment for all children. Where their innocence can flourish and their futures can be shaped with hope and security. Let children be children. And lastly, I end my speech by saying, from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, Palestine will be free. And hopefully hopefully, in our lifetime. Thank you.
2: I have literally no words to follow up to that. Um, so I'm going to welcome our next speaker, Nepawi Kakanusit from the Indigenous Community.
4: I want to thank you all for coming out here today and showing your support for the Palestinian people. When I just heard that sister talk about children, I have a almost one and a half year old son who's just uh, standing right over there. and It brings me to tears every time I think about the fact that if we were living in Palestine he would be the target of the Israeli Defense Force. The Palestinian people are having a genocide committed against them as we speak. And it just, it bothers me as a parent that there are people who are justifying that. They're justifying killing children because they say it's self-defense. No, that's not a shame, that's called genocide. It's genocide what's happening there. And we must say it every time. It's genocide, it's genocide, it's genocide. And anyone who justifies genocide should be ashamed of themselves. And they should think about if it was their children. There's certain people that are protesting this protest right now. I can't even understand how you could do that. I hope they don't have children. Because you're protesting people who are speaking out for women, for children, for people who have been exterminated for simply being who they are. 20, over 26,000 Palestinians have been killed and are continuing to be killed by the Israeli defense force or the so-called defense force. It's really an occupation force. And they're protesting. What they're really protesting and what they're saying is they're okay with children being killed and men. And men. Yes, that's right. And elders. The lifeblood of the Palestinians is being drained as we speak. It's genocide. The International Court of Justice is moving forward with the case. And they've asked for the Israelis to do everything they can to prevent violations of the UN articles on the prevention of the crime and the punishment of genocide. They believe that there's enough evidence to support that and yet the Americans are sitting there and saying that there's no grounds for this, it's a baseless accusation. Well, how could that be if the International Court of Justice is willing to hear the case? It fills me with a lot of rage that that's even being said as an indigenous person seeing other indigenous people being targeted and slaughtered and murdered and exterminated for simply being who they are. That's what happened here in Canada as well to indigenous people. My grandmothers went to residential school. They were the victims, the targets of a genocide. And that's why I'm here as an indigenous person. is because what's happening in Palestine is the same thing that happened to indigenous people here in these lands. No different. It is for the same reason. They want the land. They want the resources that are on that land. And they want to clear the people out. So we must continue to come out here. Indigenous, non-Indigenous, Muslim, non-Muslim, Christians, Jewish people, everyone. We must all unite and come and stand together against this genocide. And we must not allow ourselves to be intimidated by people who want to protest people who are standing up for children. I have much more I'd like to say to those people over there, and you know who I'm referring to, but I'm just going to leave it at that because, quite frankly, I can't even understand how they can justify their position. I really can't. But I don't want to take too much more of your time. I just want to say again, thank you all for coming out. Continue to come out. Support the Palestinian people. Do everything you can. And please, try to bring people with you when you come to these protests. We need as many people as we can. If you can bring one, two, three people, bring them with you. And keep speaking out as much as possible. Haichika Ossiyam. alaykum. Thank you very much for your time.
1: Thank you, Brother Nepawi. Next, I'd like to welcome Ryan Bro, who is a teacher here in Victoria, a member of the Greater Victoria Teachers Association, British Columbia Teachers Federation, and a delegate to the Victoria Labor Council. Please give him a round of applause.
5: Thank you. Thank you. I'll let these guys get in uh position behind me here. So thank you again for having us here. My name's Ryan. It's, um, it's, it's hard to be here, but it's heartening to see so many of us continue to be here. You know, even on days filled with such bad news, as other speakers had mentioned, the inhumane removal of Canada's funding to UNRWA, it's, it's, it's not surprising to me, of course. It's, you know, we have a state here guilty of its own genocidal project on these lands. It's not surprising that it jumps at the chance to penny pinch and take away whatever aid it comes from its allies committing genocide elsewhere. And frankly, I can't help but see this as perhaps a little retaliatory for the decision made at the ICJ earlier this week. So we're here representing Labour for Palestine. We're an organization of activists, labor union organizers, and everyday working people just like so many of you here. And we wish to see peace and justice in Palestine and an end to the apartheid and genocide and violence that we see day after day. I want to say, I've been asked time and again over the last few months why Palestine is a labor issue. And the responses are always, well, shouldn't we be focusing on our bread and butter concerns, the rising cost of living, the dwindling wages? And sure, but the people that are asking these questions to me seem to miss something key. They seem to be missing the connection that our fights are won. That the people being bombed in Gaza are working class people just like us. That we owe them our solidarity, solidarity to fellow working people, not to these states that try to crush us. We have a very clear example right here that I think helps illustrate how this connection is formed. Only a few days ago, Dr. Natalie Knight at Langara College in Vancouver was fired for her support of Palestine. This after the university had found that she had not violated any policy, was well within her charter rights of free expression. But this, it seemed, was not good enough for the Minister of Post-Secondary Education, Selena Robinson, who personally called for Knight to be fired and met with Langara College leadership prior to her dismissal. The Knights Union, the Federation of Post-Secondary Educators of BC, I think says it best, Quote, This was an unprecedented and inappropriate intrusion into the institutional autonomy of Langara College and an astounding statement for a minister to make about a faculty member at an institution under her jurisdiction. The timing and political meddling by the minister in a process taints the college's actions and fatally undermines the notion of institutional independence, Unquote. If the final stage of genocide is denial, then what we are seeing is Canada setting the groundwork for just that, through the punishment of any who would speak out. So we need to make the stakes clear. Bosses who cut our wages, gouge us at the grocery store, landlords who devour our rents in uh, our meager incomes in rising rents on stolen land, the Canadian settler state itself that destroys what public service remains to us and responds with policing instead of care when problems arise, These are the ones that are arm-in-arm with those who sell weapons to the state of Israel and rain bombs on Gaza. Arm-in-arm with apartheid and colonialism. Our foes do not live in Gaza or arrive by boat. They live in penthouses and arrive by limousine. And they work in the building behind us. (laughs) The labor movement, we must admit, sadly, has a spotty history. It has been one that has been filled with racism and exclusion and the white-hot hate of settler colonialism. But it also has a proud history of solidarity, which we see here and throughout the arc of our struggles. South African apartheid, the dictatorship in Chile, civil rights and the anti-war movement, all have been labor's struggle too. And decolonization around the world always forces labor in countries like Canada, imperialist countries, to ask ourselves one simple question, which side are we on? Do we want to be lapdogs for an imperialist genocide heirs, raiding death upon the people of Gaza and around the world? Or do we want to atrophy and roll over here at home under arrogant and selfish interests? Or do we stand proud with our old words that an injury to one is an injury to all? So, in accordance with the calls of the Palestine General Federation of Trade Unions, we ask you to organize as workers in your union to show your solidarity for Palestinians and demand a ceasefire like the BCGEU, NUPGE, the BCTF, QP, and so many other unions have. Take action to make justice for your fellow workers who are repressed by our own colonial state for daring to demand a ceasefire. Demand a weapons embargo. Refuse to handle weapons of war. Demand a recall of the Canadian ambassador to Israel. Connect with workers in the arms industry to use their power to shut down the mass production of death. We've done it before. We can do it again. We've done it before as Scottish workers refused to build fighter jets for Pinochet under the beautiful words, No pasarán So use your power. Use your power as workers to give these demands teeth. Join unions, join labour councils, and organise actions in line with these demands. And build up our infrastructure. The infrastructure of the labour movement. Our international workers' movement. Build the infrastructure that we need to change the world in Palestine and everywhere. We'll we'll see you in the streets. Please come talk to us. Come talk to Labour for Palestine. Join us if you are so inclined. And let's work together for peace, equality, justice, and freedom for all, from the river to the sea and the world over. I want to close with one last word from one of the martyrs of Irish decolonization in the past last century, Terence McSweeney days can look dark, but always remember, as McSweeney said, people endure, empires perish. Thank you, and free Palestine.
1: A big thank you to all our speakers for sharing their insights and perspectives with us today. Your voices contribute significantly to our cause, and we are grateful for your commitment and presence. Can we get one last big round of applause for all our speakers?
2: it is now time for the march and as we begin our march today our goal is explicit to heighten awareness call for justice so that we may find peace with and for our brothers and sisters in Palestine let us voice our perspectives peacefully steering clear of confrontations if the need arises find an organizer or a friend in a high-vis best to report the confrontation and proper action will be enforced. Collaborate with the law enforcement as necessary to foster unity amongst us and engage in peaceful chants. Always bear in mind the strength of our collective voice and together let's ensure today is impactful and our demands are met by tomorrow. I would like to call uh, call up our friends with accessibility devices, strollers, kids or older friends to do us the honor of leading the protest today. So if you guys want to just go up the ramp right here and start the march, that would be awesome, and then for everybody
0: else, if you would like to grab... So now the march will begin going up uh, Douglas and various start. other places. The turnout was more modest than hoped for, but I'd say three to four hundred Victorians free, came out
2: free, to stand
0: uh, here and uh, express their outrage at free, the government of Canada, free, free, who along with its Five Eyes alleys and some others have funding to the main organization, UNRWA, that is providing relief to gazans heading towards famine and disease, a real apocalypse.